no sleep mode, for real, for real. We're late night working, working. Couple Nation, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 256 of Combos Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Actually, you know what? Pause this episode, pause this episode, pause this episode, and get all of that done for me. Would greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Today's show, Oliver Maroney, formerly of Big Three, Dime Magazine, and Basketball Insiders, joins in to talk NBA Top Shot and more. A fantastic conversation with Oliver. You could find Oliver on Twitter at Oliver Maroney. That's O-L-I-V-E-R-M-A-R-O-N-E. Why? You know you can find me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Formerly of Big Three Dime Magazine and Basketball Insiders, now with Cameo. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How are you feeling today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. You know, you've had an interesting career. Obviously, you worked with the Big Three, as I said, Dime Magazine, Basketball Insiders. How does that fall in line with, with what you do today with um, Cameo? Yeah, Cameo is different. Uh, you know, Cameo obviously is, um, you know, a personalized video messaging app that you can kind of uh, get to know your favorite athlete or your personality in your own special way. Um, so it's definitely a different, uh, sort of thing for myself, uh, just because career wise, I'd always covered basketball. So growing up, uh, I, you know, I, I covered basketball for the Oregonian high school basketball specifically when Kyle and EJ Singler and Terrence Ross and Terrence Jones were coming up. That was kind of like my heyday, uh, in middle school. And all I did was just like stack count, cover things in all sorts of ways, shapes or forms. And that's, what's kind of gone through throughout my career, you know, basketball insiders, dime magazine. And then, you know, at dime, I did a story on the big three. And, uh, so fell in love with it. Uh, what cube and them had done, it was amazing. And, um, so I jumped ship and, and joined, joined onto their team. And basically with a uh, big three, kind of the similar thing, you know, content, trying to figure out ways to, um, bring in media, uh, do some PR marketing, whatever I could do and help out with. That's that my role was like all encompassing in, in, in a lot of ways. So um, what I do at Cameo is very different, but at the same time, I, I love it. I love the company. I love the atmosphere. I love all the people I work with and um, it's been great. Talking about big three, what people often don't mention is how much better it got every year, like on the court, like it really improved a lot every year. Yeah. I mean, they reduced the ages over time. That's true. That's uh, true. Yeah. So, so you got younger guys in there that were kind of hungry or had been right. overseas, but like from the get go, they always wanted it to be as competitive as possible. And so you have, you know, your staples, you know, your, your Joe Johnson's and guys like that who obviously yeah. shined and did everything they possibly could. And, and you could tell that they were just a little bit of a class above everyone, but at the same time you had guys, I mean, rest in peace, like Andre Emmett, who was just, an incredible basketball player overseas yeah. played a, had a long career, never really worked out in the NBA, but like, you know, when he got on that big three court, you know, you couldn't really tell the difference between him and him and a guy like Steven Jackson or a guy like uh, Joe Johnson, even for, for a matter of fact. So 
Um, there's a lot of guys that I think it helps their careers because they get noticed or they get seen on a, on a higher scale and a, and a bigger stage. Um, guys like Frank Sessions, you know? Yeah, yeah. MVP. Fr- Frank Nitty. Yeah, Frank Nitty. Exactly. That's my guy. Uh, lo- I love that guy, man. He's he's funny. And, uh, you know, I think with him, it's funny because people knew he was good watching him in the Drew League, but you don't know how that translates to, like, NBA professional, you know, and, and he and then you know, and then you add three on three on top of it. So exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah, totally different game. Way more physical defensively. That's the biggest thing for like anyone playing five on five or playing in the NBA and going to the big three or vice versa is the three on three game. If you don't know, like you can't hide on defense like there is no like Brad Stevens. I, I look at like Brad Stevens coaching Isaiah Thomas and like how the Celtics ran with Isaiah Thomas. And it's like Brad Stevens knew he could hide Isaiah Thomas and have four other plus defenders around him to make sure it worked. In three on three, you just can't have that guy on the court, or else it just doesn't work. Right, right. There were some of those older veterans that weren't moving around great. I won't say names, but towards the end, they were like turning more into like coaching roles. Sure. Like you just can't have them on the floor, even, no matter how legendary you are. You know, Li- liabilities on the, on the defensive end for sure. But you know, the thing about three on three, you don't have to move too much to make that happen, though. Like as long as you, right, I that's think true. That's true. The IQ, as long as you have the IQ and, and the awareness. Uh, and like kind of the spacing and the understanding of like where players are going to go. Um, you still have an edge up or a leg up. The pandemic was terrible for so many people, but in terms of the quarantine, you know, we've seen it help clubhouse and I'm sure it helped cameo, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's tons of articles and stories online about how cameo has kind of blown up over the pandemic. And I think even through it at this point, people have just become accustomed to like opening the app you know, ordering your favorite person for your birthday or, you know, a shout out <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely become kind of a staple or a household name. Yeah, we have to shift to NBA Top Shot. You're an enthusiast. <laughs> how, how, I was on the site today making a few moves. I mean, okay. I heard about it like three months ago and I didn't and I tried to get on it, but it was like it wasn't working right. I couldn't buy anything. I could hardly sign up. And then I just forgot about it for three months and I got back on it today and messed around on it a little bit. Um, having okay. an account. So how many moments do you have, man? I think I only have like 62 or I mean, that's 63. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. There's something called the 100 Club, which is okay. cool, sounds cool. But like, for me, it's not about how many moments I have. It's the moments that I do have. Like, are they ones that I want to keep? Are they ones? So like, to be honest with you, in an ideal world, Oliver would have, or I would have say, eight to 10 moments that I really cared about. And the rest I could I could do without. And that, that's just the way I the thing about Top Shot that I love over everything else is that everybody has their own opinion and strategy on how things work, how they want it to work and and what they like and what they don't. And so for me, it's just interesting to hear everybody's perspective. I don't really take too much into consideration other than like the moment and the player. And I'm I've always said this for a long time, like I've never really been a fan of a basketball team. I'm always a fan of like specific guys that I've covered or watched kind of grow up before my eyes and so for me it's like can I get like the signature Dame moment because Dame's just like a downright good dude and I've seen him grow and progress throughout can I get a you know a LeBron James moment just because of how how amazing he is just to watch him play can I get a Luca moment because I watched him overseas and I, I streamed his games at 3 a.m pacific time like watching him kind of you know do his thing overseas so for me it's like those are the types of guys I want. Michael Porter Jr. covered him at Hoop Summit, covered him in yeah. high school. Like, and, and he has, and he could really 
blow up at any moment. That's a guy yeah. that like th- those cards could be. Uh, are they're not cards, right? How how would I those moments to get whatever those you moments what you could, want it to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those moments with with him specifically could really blow up, and you could make some yeah, with buddy. Yeah, you know? I mean he's he's what I think he's probably in, in, in second, maybe third among like rookies slash sophomores. I don't know what you want to call him, but basically, you know, yeah, one, yeah. Second year players that's uh, in points per game efficiency. Uh, over the past month, I mean, I looked at his numbers the other day. I was like, holy cow, the, the month of March, he's he's been killing it. I mean, he's shooting like 60% from the field, 50% from three, uh, averaging like 18 points a night on a team that's, you know, well into the playoffs and, and definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with, uh, especially in the Western Conference. So. so I'm a little bit familiar with NBA Top Shot. You're obviously a lot more familiar than I am, but there probably are people listening that have no idea what it is. I'm sure yeah. there's a few, you know. I would describe it as cryptocurrency combined with sports memorabilia. How, is that fair? How would you describe it? Yeah, I like to say that it's like a combination of like, think about it like sports trading cards meets the stock market meets cryptocurrency meets a little bit of daily fantasy. It's kind of got all of that kind of mixed into it. And like the people who are involved in all those spaces are involved in this. And that's the reason they're involved in it. They, they see some, that's what I think is so cool. Like I said, everybody has their own personalities, own opinions on kind of what things work and what things don't. But like, you've got the DFS, like hardcore fantasy player. That's like, yo, Michael Porter Jr. He's just had a killer month. Now, now's the time to sell my Michael Porter Jr. I don't think he's going to do anything better or, or he's buying up everything he can. Cause he thinks he's going to keep on continuing this. Then you've got the people who, you know, are in cryptocurrency and they see the numbers. So they've got the data and they've got all this analysis and they're like, okay, well, this moment should theoretically be 18 and it's only 15. So I'm going to buy 10 of these ones and hold on. So there's just so many different strategies and approaches to it. But for me, if you're, if you're trying to get into this, I think of it as like as close to sports trading cards as possible. Just think of it digitally that way. So instead of owning a physical sports card and I've got a bunch behind me, but like owning a physical sports card, you know, up above or whatever, uh, you don't have to worry about that. It's all just right here on the website. And instead of owning like a picture on the sports card, now you're owning a moment. So it's a LeBron James dunk, a Anthony Edwards, you know, poster, yeah. uh, whatever the case may be, you're owning that moment. And there's only so many of them. So, you know, I, for instance, I'm looking right here at uh, Austin Rivers to 35,000. So there's 35,000 Austin Rivers base moments is what they call them out there. There's a LeBron James to 49 or a LeBron James to 150 or whatever. There, there's all sorts of different serials and numbers. So they make like, like I, like I kind of mentioned a limited run of them, which makes them more rare, which makes them more expensive based on kind of that rarity along with, the moment and the player that's attached to it. So it's a lot of things in one, but my suggestion is if you've never heard of it before, go to nbatopshot.com, just look it up, surf the website, go through the marketplace. And then, you know, my, my second recommendation would be before you say, oh, this is crazy or, oh, why am I doing this? Go, go, you know, if you have $10, $14, go to a pack drop and see if you can get a pack. That's the only way you can really discover the true value and kind of what it means to you is to open one of those packs and see what, see what ha- happens. How hard is it to get one of those packs? Like I haven't been on it a lot. It's, well, so uh, for the, I don't know when this comes out, but in the next maybe 48 hours or so, you've got a chance to get a pre-order base pack. They're giving them out to everybody. So if you go on the website and go to packs, it's nine, $9. I mean, you really can't lose. Um, 
I don't think there's been a pack where you paid uh, a set amount and you didn't get set amount back uh, out of yeah. And, so, and probably because it's really early in the game. I mean, it might not always be like that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's early in the game. But like, but most of the pack drops, they, they, they announce in advance. You know, uh, last week they had a pack drop where there's three, over 300,000 people and there's only 60,000 packs available. So you got a one in six shot at getting one. All right. So here's a question for you. And I might be totally off because I haven't been on the site a lot. When I was looking at like individual moments and there was like a million different prices for the same moment or am I, am I not reading yeah. things right? Yeah. Okay. So how, how, does, how does that, how does that work? Like, I don't even. Yeah. So in sports cards, serial numbers are kind of a big deal. Okay. So like if you get the first serial number, that means it's the first one ever made quote unquote. And so collectors really value that stuff. Okay. Now, how much of that is like opinion based quite a bit, you know, I could think that, you know, Austin Rivers wears number eight and there's 35,000 of these. If there's an 8888, hey, that's worth t- 10x more than the rest of them. You know, you can put whatever price you want on them. Ultimately, you know, only a few of those are going to sell. So there's serial numbers all across the board, the ones that people look for. And that's why you're looking at the different prices. I mean, you could find one, like for instance, is Austin Rivers, eight bucks is the lowest asking price for this. So wow. I can go through and I can go see serial number 10,543 is eight bucks. But then you scroll down and you go lower and lower, and lower down the serial numbers and you start seeing the price gen- generally increase slowly but surely, slowly but surely until you hit that like thousand, two thousand, three thousand mark. And then you start seeing them just continue to increase. So you can sell at whatever rate you want, um, but you, you can post it at whatever at whatever dollar amount you want. You may oh, really? not sell it. Okay, okay. You may not sell it though. So gotcha. it's very similar to like eBay. The marketplace is very similar to eBay. Hey, I can. So put, is there a price where you could sell it right away? Like if you no. sell it at this? Oh, okay, okay. No. So that's why people, you know, like for me, it's like if I'm gonna hold, if I know I'm gonna sell something, uh, I'll I'll put a price on it that I think may be paid three weeks from now. I may not think it's going to sell right now. I may put it at a price that I think it's going to be at in three weeks. But okay. some people are like, Hey, the lowest ask is $200. So I'm going to put it at $190 to make sure mine sells like that. Okay. And it will. Uh, yeah. So that, that that's another strategy or approach that people take is if they want to just get, get off of something and get into something else, you just list it for the very low ask um, and, you know, take off a couple of dollars and typically your thing will sell very quickly. Are you, would you be worried if like all these things become worth a lot of money and you just have like hundreds of thousands or million do- millions of dollars in like a top shop website? Yeah. I mean, I'm not worried <laughs> about it because they have other guys that have that. I mean, so okay. to, be, to be honest, I got into this from Jack Settleman, uh, who's been in this a long time. He, he, he okay. has a podcast called Snapback Sports and, and is kind of influential in sports uh, in general. And um he got me into sports cards about a year and a half ago. And so when he told me about top shot, this is like early, early January. Uh, yeah. I was like, man, I don't know about this. And then he spent like a hundred, hundred thousand dollars on a LeBron moment. Him and 10 friends went in, bought a LeBron moment, number wow. 23 of 49. And since then there's been two other sales in that exact LeBron, just different serial numbers for anywhere between, I think it's like 200 to $300,000. So, He's already made a ton of money. I mean, his account value is over a million. I don't want to oust him, but it's over a million dollars now. 
Um, I mean, that's public info. You could go on people's profiles and see or no. So that that's part of the amazing part about this that I think people are just forgetting or not really understanding. I enjoy just going through and like looking at people. Like, so right <laughs> now, if I go on to Top Shot, I can pull up, uh, I can pull up right now, like Josh Green, Harrison Barnes, JJ Redick, uh, Josh Childress, uh, you know, RJ Hampton, Jared Jeffries, Mark Cuban, uh, CJ McCollum. Oh, their accounts of what they bought. Yeah, I, I yeah. can pull up their accounts right now. I can see I what think they that have for sale. Actually, that's interesting because I think it's really cool like to bet on yourself, like especially if you're a young player. Like just buy Josh Green. Yeah, Josh Green's account. He's got like 15 of his own moment. <laughs> I like that, though. That's that's great. I, I like that. I like so, that. yeah, there, there's a ton of things here that's, that are interesting. But to me, like the transparency part of it is pretty unique. I can see exactly what Mark Cuban is buying right now. And if, and if we all know that Mark Cuban has, has been pretty good with his money over the past decade or more, then uh, maybe you should be following whatever moves he's making. I don't know, but it's cool <laughs> to see what people are selling and buying and kind of understand what, 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 what's moving, what isn't moving, why people are buying it. Um, all that stuff. It's, it's pretty intriguing. Most definitely. Are there retro moments yet? Yeah, there are. So, so there's some run it back moments. So basically the thing with, top shot that's interesting is that they don't have the licensing to like the retired players association so they have to go directly to each individual player and say hey can we put this moment on the site like how does that look i don't they do have some they they call them run it backs so there's like a run it back set uh the set itself has like steve nash manu ginobili dirk nowitzki fadeaway you know okay all sorts of amari stoudemire in a knicks uniform chris paul in the clippers uniform you know all sorts of moments. They got like probably 30 or 40 moments on here. Carmelo in the garden for the Knicks, you know, stuff like that. So they've got like a bunch of different moments already on there that are retro, but they're going to add apparently a lot more to that over time. Right. Like let's say they did uh, Michael Jordan game six game winning shot. Like if they game make, over. I mean, if they make only 20 of those, like what could they sell that for? Yeah. They, they I mean, they have to be a hundred thousand starting price each minimum. Like, not, not even a question. I mean, the, the, the other one that someone referenced to me the other day was the, the AI step over on, on Ty Lue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's yeah. A good so, one. but you think about all those, like you go back and like, you know, I think about the game winners and all the others. I mean, it's just like, there's so much possibility, but like right now, for instance, run it back, Kevin Durant, OKC. Uh, I think this one is in like their playoff run back in 2014. Uh, yeah. the lowest ask on that one's $35,000 right now. So if that's yeah. 35, MJ's got to be like five, five, six, seven X that. I wonder if like interesting things like players that haven't been on a team that long, like let's say a, a Hakeem in like, uh, you know, he was on Toronto for a very short period of time. Like mm-hmm. you just have a moment with him. Like yeah, that probably do pretty well, you know, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. They got the Giannis rookie moment. So a layup from his rookie season. Oh, that's, a oh, yeah. back. that's what's that. What's that selling for? The lowest ask is 25,000 right now. So, yeah, that um, makes sense. So, what does it mean for, um, you know, old fashioned sports cards? Do you think the value have has gone up or people aren't interested in it anymore? Or how's that going to uh, go for that? I think, I think both markets help each other out, to be honest. Okay. With um, because what, what you're going to see, people are not going to want to get rid of their sports cards. I think people understand that there's two totally different values for both of these things. They kind of coincide with each other, but they're very different. Um, and I think there's something to the physical aspect for a lot of people, uh, especially like the boomer generation, you know, previous to that. Um, even people like myself, I love having sports cards on display. 
even if they had like a digital display, like let's swap out this like Umbro sign that I have in the back here and, and swap it out for like a digital display that I could throw all my moments on. Right. Still not the same sort of thing as, like, as, as a sports card. So I think they still will coexist and live together. And I think specifically when you look at sports cards, what's, what's different about uh, Top Shot to sports cards is that Top Shot, there can be 50 moments of Paul George. There's yeah. only one Paul George rookie card, really. Right, There's right. only one LeBron James rookie card, you know, that people want, that people care about. So for me, I think sports cards are a very different sort of collectible in that sense. And um, yeah, I think both can exist. Oliver, man, this was great learning about NBA Top Shot. You're always welcome back on the show. Um, where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Yeah, Oliver Maroney, wherever you uh, find your social media. So Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever the case may be. But that's, that's pretty much it, yeah. Good luck with everything. Talk soon, man. Really appreciate you. Thanks, man. Anytime. There it is. Episode 256 is in the books. Big shouts to Oliver for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. That's right. Let me know how you feel about the show by dropping a comment right on your Apple podcast, Apple, wherever you tune into Combos Court. Also, if you would like to support the podcast even further, I'll leave the Combos Court Patreon page link in the description. Be on the lookout for episode 257. Combo out.